For a large selection of Bibles and Christian books, stop by the Utah Christian Research Center. The Utah Christian Research Center is open Wednesday through Saturday at 10 a.m. Located one mile west of the I-15 at 579 West Galena Park Place in Draper, Utah. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Is the Book of Mormon guilty of teaching an inadequate idea of the sufferings of hell? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This week, we've been looking at a conference message given by Dallin H. Oaks, who at the time he gave this talk was first counselor in the first presidency. He gave a message, Kingdoms of Glory, and the subtitle that is found in the Liahona Magazine, this would be the November 2023 edition of the Liahona Magazine, it reads, We have a loving Heavenly Father who will see that we receive every blessing and every advantage that our own desires and choices allow. And as we mentioned, it's certainly putting the responsibility on what an individual gets in the next life on the shoulders of that particular individual. It depends on their desires, their choices, and that will determine where they end up in the next life. So as we go on in this talk, he's going to once again emphasize that a doctrine he's about to teach comes from modern revelation. Now, we know that in this talk, he uses that phrase modern revelation several times. What does that mean? Whenever you hear a Latter-day Saint say, well, modern revelation tells us this or tells us that. You can be sure that what you are about to hear is not something that can be found in the New Testament. That's why they have to use that phrase. In other words, this teaching that they're about to explain to you, it does not come from the Bible, but it comes from something that one of their leaders have taught probably someone like Joseph Smith, or the current leader of the church, whoever that may be. Oak says, From modern revelation, we know that the ultimate destiny of all who live on the earth is not the inadequate idea of heaven for the righteous and the eternal sufferings of hell for the rest. God's loving plan for his children includes this reality taught by our Savior, Jesus Christ. Quote, unquote, In my Father's house are many mansions. Let me stop you there. Notice the phrase. He says, modern revelation does not teach an inadequate idea of heaven for the righteous. What do you think he might mean by that, Eric? How many times have we been talking to a Latter-day Saint, and they've got this stereotype that all we think heaven is about is sitting on a cloud playing a harp? We bring up the fact that we're going to be in the presence of our Savior and enjoying Him, and they tend to look at us like we're crazy. I've often responded to Latter-day Saints that say that or think that, say it to me, that the reason why this doesn't appeal to them is because they obviously don't share the same kind of love and reverence that we have for our Savior, because we think that in Him, that is our all. No, our view of heaven is inadequate for them because... They have all sorts of things planned for the person who gets the best that their religion has, such as procreation. 
So anything less than that would seem to be inadequate, and I would say even for someone like Dallin Oaks. Well, I would agree with him that there's an inadequate idea of heaven for the righteous, because the Bible says in Romans chapter 3 that there is no one who is righteous, no, not one. So I would agree that even the righteous don't deserve heaven. However, there is for the forgiven person, the person who has received forgiveness of sins, that is the idea of heaven for the Christian. And of course, our righteousness, when we say that we are righteous, it's not based on anything that we have done or anything that we have accomplished. It's all because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. He lived a sinless life, lived according to the law, which is something that we cannot do, will not do, have never done. And because of that, we are fallen people. We are inadequate, you might say. But when he says that they don't believe in that inadequate idea of eternal sufferings of hell for the rest. Now, whenever I hear Latter-day Saints talk like this, it makes me wonder, do they not ever read the Book of Mormon? I mean, the Book of Mormon is supposed to be the book that Joseph Smith gave us, translated from gold plates, which is supposed to fill in all the gaps. It tells us about all the plain and precious things that were taken out, even though I don't think it does that. But still, the Book of Mormon is supposed to be the book of Scripture, you would think. The most correct book of any on the earth. And a man can get closer to God by abiding by its precepts than by any other book. Do Latter-day Saints believe that? Well, 2 Nephi 9.19 says, Oh, the greatness of the mercy of our God, the Holy One of Israel, for he delivereth his saints from that awful monster, the devil, and death, and hell, and that lake of fire and brimstone, which is endless torment. Death, hell, lake of fire and brimstone, which is endless torment. Now, it sounds to me what Dallin Oaks is doing in this paragraph is he's saying, that's inadequate. That's not something that we believe. And you don't normally hear Latter-day Saints talking about the afterlife in those kinds of terms. It's always about even the worst that you could possibly get in Mormonism, which aside from outer darkness would be the celestial kingdom. And we're going to be talking about that because Oaks brings it up. But even that is supposed to be a place of bliss. But the Book of Mormon doesn't teach that. It doesn't even teach the three degrees of glory. That would be something that the Nephites, if they existed at all, which I don't believe they did, they would not have known anything about, well, at least they didn't write about it in the Book of Mormon. This is something that comes about later on in what Oak said earlier, modern revelation. But the Book of Mormon doesn't stop there. 2 Nephi 28, 21 through 22 says... And others will he pacify and lull them away into carnal security, that they will say, All is well in Zion. Yea, Zion prospereth, all is well. And thus the devil cheateth their souls and leadeth them away carefully down to hell. And behold, others he flattereth away and telleth them there is no hell. And he saith unto them, I am no devil, for there is none. And thus he whispereth in their ears until he grasps them with his awful chains from whence there is no deliverance. When you read that, I'm thinking, that almost sounds like what Dallin Oaks is doing. He's trying to lull them away into this carnal security, telling them, hey, don't worry about that. There is no hell. In fact, he he uses the description, that inadequate idea of heaven for the righteous and the eternal sufferings of hell for the rest. But doesn't this verse from the Book of Mormon, 2 Nephi 28, 21 through 22, 
give the impression that there's going to be eternal sufferings in hell? Well, if you don't believe that such a place exists, and it looks like Dallin Oaks is trying to get you to believe that, does that mean it goes away? No, it doesn't, because you've been deceived. That's exactly what 2 Nephi 28 is talking about. It's the deception of the devil giving you the impression that that place does not exist, and even more so, he doesn't even exist. Now, most Latter-day Saints do believe that the devil exists, because in their theology, he's the spirit brother of Jesus. So obviously, Lucifer or the devil does exist. So many Latter-day Saints bristle at the idea of hell. They roll their eyes and they say, oh, you can't believe such a horrible doctrine that God would send people to hell. And the idea of hell is actually quite fair. If God is a just God, then if we are sinners, as Romans 3.23 says, it says all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. If that is true, then what is true is that all people deserve hell. And what's not fair is that anybody gets eternal life. That's the unfairness of it. And I don't understand why the road to to life is narrow and the path of destruction is wide, but that is the way it is. People are sinners and left naturally to themselves are going to run from what the gospel says. Before we end the show, Eric, at the end of that paragraph, Dallin Oaks says, God has a loving plan for his children, which includes this reality taught by our Savior, Jesus Christ. In my Father's house are many mansions. And of course, that phrase is taken from John 14, 2, where Jesus says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms or mansions in the King James. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? If you look at the context, he's not talking about different degrees of glory as Dallin Oaks is going to assume and teach. Jesus is speaking of those who believe in God. Jesus is speaking of those who believe also in him. Again, the context shows that Jesus is speaking of believers, of those who are redeemed, of those who are forgiven. When he speaks of those people, he says, in his father's house are many rooms or mansions, as it says in the King James. He's not implying that this is going to happen for every single human being on the planet, but that's exactly what Dallin Oaks is trying to imply, because as he's going to go on and say, there is a place for everybody based on their desire or choice that they made. That's what their eternity is going to be like. What does he say in the next paragraph here? The revealed doctrine of the restored Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints teaches that all the children of God, with exceptions too limited to consider here, will ultimately inherit one of the three kingdoms of glory, even the least of which surpasses all understanding. Let me stop you there, Eric, because he says, with exceptions too limited to consider here. So notice he's making a qualification, even though he's saying that the revealed doctrine of the LDS Church teaches that all the children of God will ultimately inherit one of the three kingdoms. There's a limited exception to that, and that would be the group they call the sons of perdition. Now, the sons of perdition, when you look at all that has been said about the sons of perdition by LDS leaders, I draw the conclusion that there's really no way an individual can become a son of perdition, because the way it's been described is, one, you have to be a member 
and have full knowledge of the doctrine and everything about the LDS Church, it would assume, because you have to have full knowledge, then you leave the LDS Church having full knowledge, believing the Church is true, and fighting against the Church. I've never met an individual like that. Have you? No, I haven't. Every former Mormon that I have ever talked to in all my 40-plus years have all left the Church, not because they believed it was true, but they, they left it. And, and been critical of the church because they felt the church was wrong, not because it was true. But then again, we go back to this whole full knowledge thing. Nobody has full knowledge. I often ask Latter-day Saints, if I were to draw a circle on a piece of white paper and ask you to fill in all you know about your church, how much of that circle would be filled in? Most of them will be honest and say, well, there'd probably be a lot of white area there. So nobody has real full knowledge. I would say the same when it comes to my Christian faith. I would probably have a lot of white area if somebody were to ask me to do the same thing. So what is this full knowledge? It becomes irrelevant because nobody has it. So there's really no way that an individual can become a son of perdition, even though that idea is used as a weapon to keep people in the church. Oh, you don't want to become a son of perdition, because then you end up going to outer darkness with the devil and his angels, and you don't want that to happen. And you and I both have talked to individuals who have heard that threat when they explain to loved ones that they no longer believe in the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.